Hey, welcome to Monday. We've got a kind of an interesting and different show for you today. Uh, today's very frank and kind of setting the stage for what is to come with the coronavirus, what it means to you, how you need to look at this as a family, as an individual, what it means to your 401k, what it means to your investments. There will be a lot of stuff that we're going to go over today, but also in the next coming days. If you've been a long-term listener of this program and you've you've trusted us to guide you through some of these things, today is a not a don't miss. If you usually listen into the edited version, today may be a, a day that you want to listen to the whole podcast. Um, if you're you know if you want to make sure that you understand what's really happening in the world with coronavirus and the economy and the election. It's all on today's broadcast. Don't forget, also, on Wednesday, I'm doing a special called uh, The Sum of All Fears, and it is about coronavirus. It couldn't be timed better than it is right now. You don't want to miss that. If you're a Blaze subscriber, make sure you're watching Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. That's blazetv.com. All right, let's go to the podcast. Here it is. Our daily Corona stats from Johns Hopkins as of 530 a.m. Central Time. Total confirmed cases now worldwide up 110,617. That's a jump of over 10,000 people from Friday. Total confirmed deaths, 3,831. That is up from 3,400 since Friday. 62,000 patients have recovered from COVID-19 around the world. 109 countries now have confirmed cases. It was 94 on Friday. Four more have suspected cases. 13 confirmed cases are considered serious. This is really good news. It was hovering at about 19% are serious cases for a very, very long time. And serious case is uh, requiring hospitalization. um, And 4% of serious requires ICU. As of as of today, that number, which was for a long time, 19 on Friday down to 16%. Today, the number of confirmed cases that are serious is 13%. This is showing that as we find more and more cases, we realize, oh, there's a lot of people walking around with this that are not real serious. It's the only ones that we were finding were the ones that are like, I can't breathe. Confirmed cases now in the United States, uh, 27, with six more tracking suspected cases. Now, uh, 27, that includes the one from CPAC. CPAC, somebody went, apparently had coronavirus, didn't know that they had it. Uh, anybody who's gone there, I've heard from this weekend, are you are you okay? Are you freaking out? Because I'm really, no, I'm not freaking out. Well, you know, uh, Ted Cruz self-quarantined. Well, he met with the guy. So did Paul Gozar. And then uh, so did Matt Schlapp. Well, I shook their hands while I was there. So do I have it? Now, more cases are going to be found, and this is a good thing. 
Italy now has closed down 16 provinces, including Milan and Venice. Travel in and out, as well as within the area, is only possible now in response to duly verified professional requirements, emergency situations, or for health reasons. So they have taken half the population of Italy and locked them in their houses or their neighborhoods and said, you're not leaving. If you need to leave, contact an authority. Do we get there? Places of worship remain open, provided that a safety distance of at least one meter is respected. But religious ceremonies, marriage, baptism prohibited now until further notice in Italy. People with symptoms of respiratory disease and a fever of 101 Fahrenheit or above are strongly encouraged to stay home and limit social contact as much as possible, including with their doctor. They're telling the people in Italy now avoid all gatherings, if at all possible. All schools and universities are now closed in Italy. All museums and places of culture closed. All cultural, religious or festive events suspended. Movies, uh, bars, pubs, theaters, dance schools, game rooms, casinos, nightclubs and all other similar places are closed. All sporting events and competitions are suspended. Ski resorts closed. Swimming pools, sports halls, thermal baths, cultural centers, gyms, wellness centers, all closed. Bars and restaurants can remain open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., provided they respect a safety distance of at least one meter between customers. This provision concerns all other commercial activities. So how do you go into a restaurant they slide it like on one of those pizza things, you know, you put the pizza in the oven. Is that how they slide your food to you now? Uh, there is a doctor that uh, authored the CDC's pandemic response strategy calls COVID-19 the most frightening thing he has ever seen. This is a guy that worked on Ebola, uh, MERS and SARS. He said it is frightening because of the, comp- uh, the combination of infectiousness and the lethality that appears uh, to be many, many fold higher than the flu. He said there were just three cases in Italy two weeks ago. There are now over 7000. He said, I don't think it's a crazy analogy to compare this to World War Two. The World Health Organization is using these kinds of terms. They've seen what this virus is capable of doing. Dr. Hatchett, who is author of this, uh, joined other epidemiologists in warning not to compare COVID-19 to the seasonal flu. He says it's at least two or three times more infectious and at least 10 times as deadly. He says there's no comparison. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, but they're now saying over in England that this guy is just trying to scare everybody. They scare you, Stu? No, mm. I don't think so. No. no, should I be scared? Nope, I don't think so. I mean, no. you know, look, we were go back to the CPAC thing you were talking about. We were both there, mm-hmm. right? You know, you Ted, spend more time there. T- yeah, Ted Cruz was was there. He's self quarantining. He hosts a podcast with Michael Knowles, who I had on the show in the same room with me for an, an hour, hour. Uh, after right after they did the podcast live at CPAC. With Ted Cruz. With Ted Cruz. Um, you know, 
I, it is an interesting thing because I certainly understand why they're not telling us who the person is or people are who have it at CPAC because probably people would go to their house with torches. And I have no idea what would happen. Well, why? I, I don't they, they know. know. I don't know. They I get, didn't know. But I mean, I know it's they didn't do anything wrong. But I mean, there is some your your life is turned upside down, right? You're going to have media requests from everywhere. If they release this person's name, I certainly understand if I was that person and I'm not saying that I am. But if I was that person, I would want my identity to be kept quiet, if at all possible, because it would make my life a nightmare. That makes me think he is that person. I have an announcement coming up on Stu Does America tonight. <laughs> Tune in. I'll just say this. Not feeling well. Was that CPAC? <laughs> Hung out with my. You haven't Knowles. been feeling well. That's true. You haven't been feeling well. I have well. not been feeling well. I haven't been feeling well. Pat hasn't been feeling well. Yes. None of us have COVID-19. I don't well, think. We don't think. We don't right. think. We now, don't it takes think. a couple of weeks for the uh, for you to get past the mm-hmm. the, the time where could, you could go without symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only been like 10 days or something like mm-hmm. that since we were at CPAC. But it is interesting that like, you know, Ted Cruz knows who this person is. And Ted Cruz knows, which is great for Ted. Thanks a I lot, did, did I interact with this person? I don't know. No, no one told me I did or did not. Well, I, I interacted. I interacted as you did with people who did interact with him. Absolutely. So that is for sure. Right. Congratulations. So basically, We're the big winner. yeah. I, and I keep looking at this as, you know, I've read enough about it. I've looked at this. I, I don't fear getting the disease itself i kind of assume i will get it and if i don't get it this year as you pointed out this is going to stick around we're all going to get it the flu (laughs) stuck around right right spanish flu has stuck around yeah it's Um, just it's just there's the problem is is there's no vaccine where there's a vaccine right now which helps old people uh you know live through the average flu so if you get it now, there's no vaccine. There appears to be some things that are working on it. Uh, yeah, some of the AIDS. HIV medication. Yeah, some of the AIDS medicine is actually helping cure this. Uh, but, you know, it's we're all going to get this. It's only a matter of time, and we're not all going to die. Right. If the flu did not have a vaccine and did not have four approved treatments for it, the death rate would be a hell of a lot higher than 0.1%. Part of the reason why it is a 0.1% is because of the way we've reacted to it. We've seen this happen as well with South Korea, who's been aggressive, has a good health system, has been aggressive trying to uh, contain it, is is reporting a 0.5% mortality rate as opposed to two and three in other parts of the world. So let me give you a couple of other things here. We're going to debunk the coronavirus myths for you in a second, but I want to give you a couple of last stats that you need to keep in mind. U.S. case count expected to spike dramatically this week. Why? Because we are now starting large-scale testing all across the country. In January, doctors at the CDC decided to reject the WHO standards for coronavirus testing, noting that 30% false negative was found in China. Now, Donald Trump, see, he didn't do enough. They should have accepted it. It was a 30% false negative. And so the United States CDC, not directly getting a phone call, I'm sure, from the president saying, reject that. They looked at that and said, that's too high of a false negative and a false positive. So... No, we'll come up with our own. The tests produced by the CDC in early February were designed to test for SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, as well as SARS-CoV-1. Ugh. But they were faulty and had to be replaced. 
because Donald Trump told him, <laughs> I'm telling you, put carrots in that formula. Yep, he's a big carrot he's proponent. A big, uh, yeah. big, big. He's, but that, you can't inject a carrot. He should have no, known that. He should have known it's that. It's very difficult It's just to his do. incompetent yep. that makes it. <laughs> anyway, by today, more than 2.2 million new cast, uh, tests will have been sent out to the regional labs and the hospitals, according to the uh, U.S. Surgeon General. Large-scale testing is expected to dramatically increase the case count in the U.S. Right now, suspected 1,200 cases in 33 states. But we don't know when you see a huge spike this week. It's because we're testing now for the first time. I want to talk to you a little bit about FARS law. I didn't even know what FARS law was, but I knew of it. And all of us at some point knew what FARS law is. It was actually named after Dr. William Farr, 1840. And uh, there is a, a bell curve pattern to it. And almost all epidemics follow this pattern including a sharp increase in cases at the beginning of the cycle and then the peak, and then it comes down and returns to a baseline. This pattern exists because we modify our behavior so we don't get sick. And those who do get sick, they seek medical attention. China, which had its first cases in December, peaked in last January or early February and is now in decline of the spread phase because they modified their behavior, which is what we're doing. We are about 45 to 50 days behind where China sits. So we are still now at the early stage of the up of the bell curve. In 45 or 50 days, we will start seeing the down just like everybody else. It's not getting worse. It's just our turn now. And it indicates that our peak cases should be in April or early May and then decline through June and July. I'm still looking for an answer that I'm comfortable with on whether or not this is a a seasonal flu or not. We're not sure. Um Normally, flus have a season, and when you get into hot weather, it starts to dissipate. Korea is expanding and and going through the roof. Well, they found that Singapore, which is much warmer and more humid, is actually not growing at the same rate. So they think there's a possibility that this is a seasonal flu, which would be a very big blessing to the world. Unfortunately, not for Australia and New Zealand. They already have cases, which is odd um, if it is a seasonal flu, but uh, they're also closest to China. And so things would be getting worse on that hemisphere as things get better for us. And the world could catch its breath from this as we move towards a vaccine. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. The coronavirus. It is not about the virus as much as it is about the spreading of fear, the protecting of the medical community, and the one that's really going to impact all of us, your cup of coffee at Starbucks. I'm going to show you how your cup of coffee at Starbucks is going to radically change because of the coronavirus and how it actually will affect you and everybody else who buys a cup of coffee every day at the Starbucks or the Dunkin' Donuts in one minute. 
Glenbeck program. I have to tell you, my dog has completely changed. Uno is the happiest he's ever been. I mean, first thing that happened was uh, the the forced marriage that we have, we forced him into with uh, Ella, who was wicked. Uh, it made him miserable, and he was not happy. And then we changed his food, and that changed a great deal. Then we did Vitasmart. We did Rough Greens. We added this. This is not a dog food. It's what you put in it. And he has completely changed. We were just talking about it yesterday. Looking at him and seeing him, I've never seen him wag his tail so much, ever. I've never seen him so active as he is right now. He's seven. We got him at three. He's more active now than he was at three. He's a different dog. And we have rough greens to thank. This is one of the best things let me just make sure I'm yeah, this is the best thing I think we've ever done for our dog. Bar none. This has made a bigger change in him for the positive than anything else we've done, including, you know, the putting to sleep is his ex-wife. Uh, Rough Greens, 14-day jumpstart challenge right now, 1495. See the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. You will see a difference. The longer we've been giving this to him, the more changes we're seeing. I mean, I've been given to him, I don't know, two, three months, and we're seeing even more changes today than we were originally. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, but you'll see a huge difference in 14 days. Roughgreens.com slash Beck, or just call them at 833-GLEN-33. Take care of your dog. Have him thrive, not just survive. 833-GLEN-33 or roughgreens.com slash Beck. On average, the average day in America, over 38 million people buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Okay? That's a lot of people. 38 million people buy a cup of coffee every single day at Starbucks. Now, Starbucks is a big company, but that store is a franchise. Now, that's 10% of the population in the United States. Starbucks stores are mostly owned by private people. People, franchise, small business owners, they operate their store, but they they own it under a license agreement from Starbucks corporate. And the average Starbucks uh, franchise operates with a five to seven percent margin. Now, what what that means is after all of the operating costs, the supplies, the electricity, the employee salary, the taxes and everything else. That franchisee, that business owner of that local Starbucks is making about five to seven percent of money at the end of the month. Okay, that's their profit they take home every month after all of the costs are deducted from all of the sales. So to put it another way, to show you how little that margin is, and that's a normal margin, but to show you how little that is, the average Starbucks owner, the franchisee makes a profit based on only two days worth of operations every month. 28 days, all the sales go just to operating that place. Only two days of the month is that rich business owner actually making money. Okay? Now, imagine that today, and if it hasn't already gone out, it's going to go out to blaze employees today and to mercury employees 
you get an email from your HR manager, maybe your CEO at work, and you open it up today and it says, due to the risk of coronavirus, all employees are being asked to work from home for the next two weeks, at least effective immediately. Have your laptop. The Internet is going to stay up. You've already made your Costco run for your canned goods, your beans, your rice, plenty of toilet paper. In fact, too much toilet paper. What's the deal with the toilet paper, America? Anyway, you're all set. Kids are going to stay home from school. You update your Netflix and Disney Plus subscriptions and you prepare yourself mentally for a two week bug in a semi quarantine at home. Local governments have not said anything about it yet. Other than, you know, if you can just stay off the streets, you know, don't have a big, uh, you know, block party, uh, you know, just just don't congregate in large groups. And as a responsible America, uh, we all look at each other and go, yeah, OK, that's reasonable. We'll do that. Let's go back to Starbucks for a second. Foot traffic is now almost ground to a halt because you're not going to work every morning. You're not you're not going into a store to buy coffee. You might go in there and buy the grounds so you can go and make it yourself, but you're not going into the store to do it. You're not standing in line. In local businesses that are heavily dependent on daily cash sales, all of a sudden, a rapid overnight and sudden decline has dramatic consequences. Operating costs of a store, they don't decline with foot traffic. If you have brick and mortar, it still costs you the same amount to run your daily business when the store is busy as it does when the store is empty. That's why you need that store to be packed all the time. Employee salaries, the electricity to keep the lights on, the rent, the insurance, the license fee to Starbucks corporate, the cost to brew the coffee, to bake the muffins. They all re- they're all the same. If you have a thousand customers or 10 customers. But let me go back to the original idea here that you're only making Money. You are only making money two days a month. So if you have just a two week period with virtually no foot traffic, it's devastating to you because you still have to pay all those bills. So what do you do? Well, as a store owner, you start cutting back hours. You cut the the shifts for employees. You might even lay some workers off, move to skeleton crews. If it's more than two weeks, The loss of work for hourly employees means they are not able to pay rent. They may not be able to make their student loan payment or their car payment. They can't make a credit card payment. Without ongoing sales coming in, the store owner has to dip into savings to cover the expenses. He has to sell stocks, bonds, anything to raise cash to try to stay afloat. But he's being hit by the stock market. He's already losing money. Think of all the things that you won't spend money on during your just two-week bug-in at home. No trips to the movie theater, who also have the same operating costs, whether or not the theater is full or empty. They still have to pay the salaries. They still have to pay licensing for showing the films, whether they're five people or 500. While quarantined at home, you're not stopping for gas. You're not buying Mountain Dew fountain drinks. That's your guilty pleasure on a Saturday morning while you're driving your kids to soccer practice. You're stopping at that 7-Eleven. More than six million small businesses in America are heavily reliant on that daily foot traffic. Customers walking into their store, making a cash purchase. 
online orders via Amazon. It's going to have an uptick in the tens of millions. Because tens of millions of Americans and all over the world are going to be forced to be bugging in. Some restaurants might see orders via food delivery apps stay steady, but there are millions of businesses from laundromats to theaters to bars to Starbucks stores to convention centers to concerts. They rely on classic consumerism to stay afloat. None of this, you will notice, has anything to do with the president or Washington or anybody in the media. It has to do with basic economics. So this is the catastrophic butterfly effect of COVID-19. This is the thing that keeps me up over the last couple of weeks. The death we all get. We probably are going to lose some friends or grandparents or parents. We might we're going to all lose somebody we know, but it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not the black plague. It could be the black plague. And this is why the market is doing what it's doing today. A massive change in consumer behavior will have an outside outsized effect on different parts of the economy that rely on regular steady income. If you're not driving to work, you're not buying gas. You got that. But you're also not putting more miles on your car. You're not having the problems that might. So now your mechanics, everyone, everyone depends on everyone going to work. Six million businesses in America Need that cash and that foot traffic every day. That's 78 million employees that fall into this category. This according to the Chamber of Commerce. If America is forced to shut down for any kind of self-isolation at home and spending shifts with 78 million people who are waiting for your phone call or your trip in, if that spending shifts online... The direct economic impact to small businesses, which is the backbone of our country, has lasting effects. Most businesses have 45 days of operating capital at any given time. A multi-week disruption has severe cascading effects. Layoffs, loss in wages, stores will close, higher unemployment. All of these things are so far beyond politics because real people's pain. Everybody's going to talk about the stock market today. It's now down 1,400 points. It opened 5% down. It closed within the first six minutes and took a 15-minute breather. That hasn't happened in a while. Everyone's going to talk about that you need to think about your one cup of coffee wherever it is you buy it. You need to think about all the things that you do on the way to work. We are barely beginning to feel the effects of COVID-19. Many businesses in America, the economic contagion is going to be worse than the virus itself. Amazon, Netflix, Clorox, 
they're going to be fine. There's going to be pain on Wall Street today. But there's going to be a lot of pain on Wall Street. There already is for people who have to sell stuff because they bought on margin again, like a dummy, like they didn't think this one through and they didn't have the money. That's what happened in 2008. But the pain on Main Street is the one that's really going to be felt. And it was felt last time, and our big government bailed out all the big guys and forgot about Main Street. Main Street will not be ignored a second time. What you're seeing in Korea and China and Japan and Italy and even in Seattle are indicators that the localized shutdown of foot traffic due to COVID-19 is what we are really going to have to endure. This is where we need to see people and not numbers this is the best of the glenn beck program and we really want to thank you for listening this is the glenn beck program so glad that you've tuned us in today Thank you for listening to us. Uh, if you missed any part of the day's show, please listen to it on podcast. This is especially if you're a long-term listener, you've been through it with 2008 and and uh, all of the trouble that we've had. If you were watching me on Fox and you heard my predictions of what's to come, um, we are now entering those days. And I'm going to remind you over the next few days of some of the things we've talked about. Um, I feel I've always felt uh a press from i'm sorry to get all religious on you uh, uh, but i have always felt impressed by the warnings in ezekiel those who have a view over the horizon over the wall and they can see trouble coming if you warn uh then the people what the people choose to do is their own issue if you don't warn god's got a problem with you uh as somebody who has a footprint in this country of about 50 million people a month. Uh, that is terrifying to me. That's a lot of blood on my hands. Uh, if I don't warn, I am, I have warned you of things. The times are coming. I'm not going to continue to warn you about the things because there's new things coming over the horizon and new things that we have to do. And one of the things that I have to do is, Make sure that everyone understands this is not the black plague, but don't dismiss this because it is going to cause hardship. Um, in something I am going to be relentlessly mocked for, but I know it is true. And I speak to those who have eyes and ears. Everyone else, mock all you want. We are doing restoring the covenant in Gettysburg. Whether that remains in place will be decided by whether this is a seasonal flu or not. If it's not a seasonal flu, we're not going to be gathering in big crowds until there is a vaccine. Um, but everything we are proceeding as though this is a seasonal flu, but I will tell you that this has been on my mind for a long time. And maybe I was late. I don't think so, but maybe I was late. 
um, the covenant is something that has protected our country. It was made by the pilgrims when they first came here. It was made by George Washington. And then the last time it was made was with um, with uh, Abraham Lincoln in 1863. And the turnaround at Gettysburg was tremendous. He declared a uh, a covenant that we had to make as individuals, not just as a country, as individuals. And we went from losing every battle to winning every battle. And it always plays out this way. And it hasn't been done. And we are so far off the mark. I want to read this this proclamation that Lincoln made. And I'm going to post this today. And I would ask that you would take this to heart and you would do this. We're going to do this together on July 4th. But I would ask that you and your family meet and do this today. I'm just going to read two paragraphs from this proclamation. He said, Lincoln, 1863, whereas it is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon and to recognize the sublime truth announced in his holy scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. We are so far away from just that paragraph. That's the opening paragraph. Wait until you hear the next one. In so much as we know that by his divine law, Nations, like individuals, are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world. May we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, I would just say the awful calamity that we are all facing, and it's not just coronavirus, it is this world that we have built on lies, which now desolates the land, may be but a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins, to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We've been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. Think of that line. Have we not been the recipients of the best men have ever seen in the history of all mankind? If you say, if you are asked, uh, you could be born at any time in any place. If you don't answer today in America, you're a fool. You're lying to yourself or you're living in self-imposed ignorance. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers and wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our own hearts that all of these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom or virtue of our own. Intoxicated with our unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud, 
too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power to confess our national sins and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. I do not believe in punishments like so many people believe. God is always merciful. But just like I sit with my children and say, don't do that. It's going to hurt. Don't do that. Don't do that. This is what's going to happen if you do that. The most just system is one where there's not somebody saying, all right, I'm going to punish you now. The punishment is just built into your actions. When you stray away from truth and you start believing and propagating lies, it will come crashing down, not as some punishment bad, just because you are breaking the laws of nature. And I know people will say, oh, my gosh, Glenn Beck's called for the end of the world. Look, he says we're being punished by God. We are punishing ourselves. Let me just read what I just read. Just please listen to that. That's Abraham Lincoln. You going to bash me? Go ahead. All I did was read the words of Abraham Lincoln. It's not a coincidence that his name was Abraham Lincoln called for a day of of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer. I'm calling for the same. And it was to be July 4th in Gettysburg. But I feel compelled to tell you that we may do that on July 4th, whether we're, we're going to, whether we're together virtually or we're together in Gettysburg. I think we're going to be together in Gettysburg. But if we have to be there just virtually, we will be there virtually. And I ask all of your churches, I ask every, every person within the sound of my voice that believes in God and knows the blessings that we have received rain down upon us because this is a sacred land it's not us we're not that special it's been a covenant that we've made and we've broken it we've broken it and we have wasted it we have now mocked it we are in a frightening place should we choose to make it frightening We are in a place to where the world looks very unstable and we're going to see more unstable things. And you are going to witness things that you've not seen before. Things that you've like, I've never seen our country do that before. This is that time that we've talked about. There's no reason to worry about it. But there there is a reason To individually turn back to him and say, okay, what's out of order in my life? What's out of order in my family's life? And reappoint your cornerstones. Just shore them up. And then as a nation, 
rough waters are ahead. And quite honestly, I think evil is just unleashed. Lies and deception just everywhere. We're believing things as foolish as men can have periods. No. If we are that far gone, if we can't recognize that truth, how are we ever going to be able to recognize the subtle truths? I urge you, I will post this, I urge you to sit with your family. I urge you today to honor this proclamation from Abraham Lincoln. And I urge you to keep in all humility. I, I'm only asking you this because I truly feel as though I need it. We're heading in places and the world is a very confusing place. And I want to tell you the things that I'm supposed to tell you and nothing more. And it is a very difficult job when you take it seriously. I would ask that you, your family, your prayer circles, any, anyone is keeping me and this show and the information that we present to you in your prayers. Please Pray for me to be humbled, but in a very, very nice way. I've asked for this before. God dishes this one out fast. I don't, I don't need that much humbling. I just need to make sure I am hearing what he wants me to share with you. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Like <laughs> welcome to the program. We're just talking about sense. yeah. We're just talking about this this good advice versus the panic advice. For instance, you know, uh, it's the dumbest thing in the world to go out and buy a whole bunch of toilet paper. But you should go out and buy toilet paper. Yeah, and and part of the reason to buy toilet paper is because if everyone else buys all the toilet paper when you need it for normal reasons, because you're out of toilet paper. It may be difficult to find. There's going to be plenty of toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> plenty of fine. toilet. They'll make more. Uh, the problem also is, is if, if you know, this thing with uh, Italy, where they've just said to half of the country, half of the population of, it, uh, of Italy, stay home. It's incredible. And you're not to drive across the country. You don't you know, leave in this area. You just stay where you are. That could happen here quickly. And it's mandatory there. It's not a suggestion. No, I know. It could it could happen. It's hard to imagine it happening in the United States of America, but it could. I mean, China is also a pretty hard thing to imagine that a socialist might have been the Democratic nominee. I know for president of the United States. And he's relatively close still. Yeah. Although he's getting blown out in recent polls. It's like and it's not like Joe Biden's some moderate. I mean, this idea that he's in the moderate lane is uh, it's like it's its about the same as saying he's in the young lane because he's the youngest Democrat. running. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, I guess it I, is like say it yeah. is. That's what people are saying. He's the youngest. He's the youngest man running for president of the United States for the Democrats. The Democrats. And then you Trump, the spry 70 year old or whatever yeah. he is. I mean, that's incredible. He's really young. 
But you're right. It's it is one of those things where uh, you know you have to look at this and say. The only time I can remember seeing this, and I think we discussed this last week, is in Boston during the Boston bombing. They basically said to everybody in Boston, stay inside. There's terrorists going around shooting people and blowing things up. And so people actually honored it. I remember thinking, there's no way. This is the United States. They're not, oh, yeah, they're not no. even going to honor it. They honored it. And it was, and I don't think it was a... It wasn't, we're going to arrest you. It wasn't, it wasn't martial law. It was more of a suggestion. Yeah. And people were like, yeah, I'd rather not get blown up or shot. So they stayed inside. Right. I think people will honor this. If they There's think it's going true, to be people like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. There are going to be those people. But most people will say, if I can work from home, I'm going to work from home. It's going to be, the problem is going to be when the effects start happening. Wait, I'm, I'm not supposed to go into work. I'm a part-time employee or I work hourly. How am I going to make it? That's where it's going to be a problem. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.